0: The squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh,
1: yeah, this uh, Safe Act, Face Act, this is a bad, bad thing that they got rid of it. You can't, uh, Ugh, the Clean Slate Act, all right? Now, let's see here. Someone could have numerous pending offenses or even be on parole in New Jersey, Connecticut, or any state and still have offenses automatically sealed in New York. There are logistical and technical obstacles that prevent different jurisdictions from fully communicating information about criminal records. There is no mechanism allowing criminal records from other states to easily float in New York before a defendant's criminal record would be sealed. It is too easy to hop on a train and... Ju- uh... the experts say that this is no good and i think common sense uh... says that this is no good I, i'm i not saying look i'm glad my buddy uh, adam out there is driving that bus at jfk airport uh... i do believe in second chances i do believe in rehabilitation but i don't believe in pretending things that happened did not happen uh... we have to know and that has to be accounted for and i think there will be for many people well my record is clear uh, it's clean, Maybe I can start all over again with my life of crime. I don't know. I don't know. I'm a little bit worried about that. I'm also sick, sick with worry about America right now, and that somehow it is cool. The younger generation can't believe I'm old enough to talk about the younger generation thinks Osama bin Laden had a point when he hit us on nine eleven pretty wild. There are people who, you know, graduating college now, graduating college who weren't even alive on September 11th. Ten years ago, 12 years ago, whatever it was, When whenever Bin Laden was uh, killed by our SEAL team, we had hundreds of thousands of students pouring out into the streets celebrating with chants of USA, USA, USA. Now the cool, fashionable thing to be on college campuses is anti-Semitic, and pro-terrorist, we are in a very dangerous place. And uh, I'm uh, I'm still coming to terms with it. This Bin Laden thing has really thrown me. Uh, it really is kind of like, whoa. Um
2: James Flippin. were you in college when Bin Laden was killed? I had recently graduated from college. I was actually in broadcast school at the time. And I was at the Mets-Phillies game that night, which was television nationally televised it was a night game i I think it was sunday night maybe saturday and and everybody got up on their feet and went crazy exactly what happened was you know this was i guess i mean what 2011 so i guess twitter was around then right but i mean people weren't as in their phones as they are nowadays and it sort of slowly came over the crowd right this news like started to kind of make its way through the crowd that you know osama bin laden had been killed and I gotta tell you, Greg, it's, it's a moment, it's a memory I'll never not have at the tip of my mind where the crowd broke out at the chance of USA. USA, like the, you know, the game was secondary. Everything that was happening in front of us was, was almost not important because yeah. everybody was thinking about what it meant that moment, how they felt, all the patriotism, the camaraderie coming together and that sort of feeling of we got this guy. You know what I mean? Like this guy paid for what he did was, was really Running through everybody's minds and hearts and feelings at that moment. And it is really beyond depressing to see, you know, 10 years later, how much things have changed in terms of the way young people look at it. I there guess. was
1: a great big USA, USA, USA chant, right?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. You're, 100%. You're nodding your head. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> you're, I sorry. You're I thought you were about to lead into, cause I had mentioned that. I said, yeah, that the crowd went up with the USA, USA. It was, it was amazing. I mean, it was, it was really, it gave me chills. Well.
1: Uh, now where are we? There's no such thing as national unity. I mean, we really don't have a country. You know, a, what is a country? What, how do you define a country? Let's actually look it up. What is a country? A country is an area of land that forms an independent political unit with its own government, a nation. A, but no, that's not, uh, let's see. What, uh, a country is a, mm, they usually, usually it says something about culture. The meaning of country is an independent, Definite, usually extended expanse of land. No, there's something about the culture. To have a country, you have to have a common set of values. You have to have a common heritage, a uh uh an appreciation for a certain history and for it to be a country. Yeah, it's a nation, but is it a country? And uh, we don't have a country anymore. I mean, we really I mean if we don't agree on certain basics, what are we? What are we? Mm-hmm. I mean, is that a country? I mean, it really does seem like you could divide this place up, don't you think?
2: I mean, I I guess I would ask you when you talk about shared values and culture and stuff Basics. like that. I mean,
1: we can have disagreements about all kinds of stuff, but you got to have a certain understanding of who we are, what we are, where we
2: came from, and where we're going. How would you define that? Would you say it's like a, a Western judeo-christian type thing
1: uh judeo well i mean uh, then then you get you go right to you go right to the you look the constitution is founded in judeo-christian principles it is um there's that but just a you know an overall sense that america is good right the constitution is good uh, we are good people heading in the right direction. The um, the the Bill of Rights, good thing, right? And then there are people here who want to throw the entire system out and replace it with communism or socialism, and you know if we we won't have a country.
2: And it's interesting you said sort of headed in the right direction, that sort of spirit of progress and optimism, and the thought that we're generally headed that way. Pursuit, That's important, right?
1: The pursuit of happiness. The pursuit of happiness. And too much oxygen is being given to radical fools like AOC, like Elon Omar, often because people uh, who sh- know better are afraid. They're afraid of hysterical women yelling and screaming in their office. They are. Don't think that's not a thing. It is, especially nowadays. And um, that's part of it. Also, uh eh, I don't know. I don't know. I got to. I guess do want I would do want to play everybody this, all right? This is important. And this comes down to that I I guess I alluded to it sexism, alleged sexism. As women gain more and more authority Well, you're gonna be criticized, right? You're gonna be criticized. Nikki Haley is playing the woman card. She somehow thinks that, you know, she she's a woman and Vivek Ramaswamy should not be criticizing her. I mean, can you imagine me pulling the man card if I were running for office? why are the men picking on me like are they anti-man that's ludicrous right uh you got that Vivek vague thing from yesterday about the uh about the girls about the girls right yeah, yeah but go ahead and find that one hey who are you rooting for for president by the way james Flippin? um that you can say it come on <laughs> just say it just say it i mean i tend... you told wait a second okay you tell us you're gay you tell us you have a husband you tell wait. us all these things the but fights that's not uh... political though
2: it's pretty deeply personal, and political would be kind of personal as well. So okay. who are you voting for? All right. Um I am likely to vote for the Republican candidate. I'll put it to you that way. Likely to vote for the Republican. You mega extremist. <laughs> You're a mega
1: <laughs> extremist. All right. We have that clip yet? Uh Yeah, it's loading. It's loading. Um I think that it's. It's okay to criticize uh based on ideas based on thoughts and that's what Vivek Ramaswamy is doing and he's doing it with spectacular success. Hey, uh do people give you a hard time that they know that you're going to vote Republican?
2: Yeah, I, I I mean hard time I guess is maybe uh not exactly the way that maybe like you get backlash from people on social media or something like that. You know, I tend to have more conversations with people who live in the area who know That I'm more right of center and stuff like that. I do have friends who kind of will poke fun and say, you know, you're married to a guy, you know, you work in the news, but the news seems to bother you. Uh, You know, there's some contradictions there, maybe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, kind of being a Republican, uh, is that not a bizarre thing? All right, stop for a second. We want to hear Vivek take on the
1: women or the women take on Vivek. All right, like they're giving him a. All right, listen to this
3: answer to that question would actually be a yes or no but I do want to turn now to a different topic to politics I, here's I, what more complicated here, than, uh, here's than you're what fellow you if you're
4: interested
3: here's what your fellow Republican Mickey Haley said about you earlier today just listen
5: what happens he comes out of the gate he hits the female chair of the party he hits the female anchor on the platform and then he hits me and i'm not saying anything i
4: ain't saying i'm just saying But
3: he might have a girl problem i'm just saying he might have a girl problem okay so she's laying out three different women that you've attacked um why is she wrong
4: Well, she also left off that list, Dick Cheney, Lindsey Graham, Karl Rove, John Bolton. The real issue is there's an old neocon wing of the Republican Party that I've been crystal clear critical of. And what makes me crack up about Nikki Haley is that she claims to eschew identity politics, yet embraces it when it's convenient. So, yes, Ronna McDaniel, if she's lost the last four elections after she took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, and she lost in 2018 and 2020 and 2022 and 2023, I don't care if she's a man or woman. She deserves to be held accountable. Yeah, well, why, why don't you came blame out of the U.N. in But why in don't debt, you blame
3: President then, Trump for well, excuse that? Excuse me. I, I'm, I'm in the middle of uh, answering your, he your question. He appointed Ronna McDaniel to that post. This, these, he's elections, also, these elections, I think elections, you would agree, the leader, the leader, leader he's also the leader of office. the Republican Party. When he president. He claims to be the leader of the Republican yeah, I, I'm Party. to right be now. the
4: leader of the of the nation and the leader of the Republican Party. My question is this. And Abby, I've been on your show and others. I preach to the left crystal clear. I stand for meritocracy, the best person for the job. That's why I'm against affirmative action. Well, I can't preach that with good clarity if we're not practicing what we preach in the Republican Party itself. So is Ronna McDaniel the best qualified person to be leading the Republican Party on that record when her salary has tripled in the meantime? No, she's not. And I'm not going to apologize for that. And I think it is a shame when those who claim to distance themselves from identity politics wear identity politics when it's convenient for them. So Kamala Harris probably isn't running for president. If you want to run in the party of identity politics, there might be a slot available there. But here we're based in meritocracy, and I'm not going to apologize for that. Man or woman, skin color, it doesn't matter. Speak the truth, and we have to be willing to hold failure accountable. I, I, That's Kristen Welker and her Mr. lies Mr. that she's told Mr. about Oks- Trump Mr. Russia uh, Mr. Oks- Mr. Ramaswamy, um, I'm going to stop you right there because so I stand
3: by it. I, there's no reason uh, there's no reason to bring Kristen Welker into your dispute with Ron McDaniel. But I want to I want you to listen uh, you, to no, wait, 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 what Donald Trump said. I want I listen. I want you to listen to you literally
4: paid tape. Of Nikki Haley talking about Kristen Welker, well, so I'm responding to the I, I, tape that the you displayed that you, for your viewers. The question that you so were give me a answering break and stop was about your
3: Mr. Ramaswamy, The question you were now, the answering, question I was answering was, was your about
4: allegation that somehow there's a Are you going to let me finish my question, or are you talking just talking about my statements about
3: Kristen Welker? Are you going to let me finish so my, my question, or are you just going to well, continue talking? I was asking you why you would blame you, Ronan McDaniel, who was appointed to her position. She was appointed to her position by Donald Trump, the president at the time. She a lot of those losses that you blame her for, a lot the of the losses chair, p- ch-
4: chairpersons of the RNC, a lot
3: of the losses you blame her for happened under his watch. And you won't blame him for that. But but putting that aside, Mr. Swami, just write 2020, one, one, final, thing, and 2023.
4: one final thing so that, spans that I want to ask you about before I, I like, facts. a final.
1: Wow, it's it, it that is really, really fun to listen to for me. I just love it. I think that uh let's see here. She did ask how is she wrong? How is Nikki Haley wrong? Nikki Haley hit him for hitting Nikki Haley, for hitting Ronna McDaniel, for hitting uh uh what's her name? Um uh, Kristen Welker, right? That's how she started. and then he segued he he really focused on what's her name? Um Ronna McDaniel. And Ronna McDaniel was sitting right there, right there, right? So he's going after her and I do hold her responsible and not Donald Trump. I do. I mean, that's kind of what she does. People forget Donald Trump. Like he's supposed to be he's supposed to basically provide us with everything. He's supposed to be our savior in every possible way. You know, he also has to worry a little bit about Donald Trump. You know what I mean? He's got like right. he's not not the Republican Party chief. And I don't know. But that was something else. And you don't bring Kristen Welker. You literally just. Mentioned Kristen Welker, and I can't... Re- Amazing. They really are inept over there at CNN. Uh,
2: Well, good for Vivek. What did you think of that? I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I, I just look at it like some of those TV interviews to me. I don't know how people... I get you said that it's really enter- entertaining to you, and I get there's part of it that is because the back and forth and the contentious nature of it, but it's no, like, I mean, not there's the contentious nature. It's the... It's the, I'm I'm not, I don't want
1: people just yelling at each other, yelling at each other. It's hard to,
2: like, listen to in a way. But one is right,
1: one is completely wrong, and it is the fake news continuing to demonstrate how fake they are. Right. How illegitimate they are, and to see it called out in real time is entertaining.
2: It is, but I just feel like it's kind of, it's. I can't think of a better word than pathetic that she has to feel the need to jump in on his answers all the time and let him speak. And then you can respond to well, it.
1: that's where the fake news is. And that's why you don't ever want to go over there. You know, seriously, to to the fake news. Totally. Mm. And it's all fake. Mm-hmm. It's basically all fake. Very few exceptions. One of them's right here. I'll be right back.
0: see Greg Kelly on the red Apple podcast Network
1: New Yorkers this is your mayor Eric Adams although I may not be the mayor for much longer because uh, you know the thing is that that was a little bit closer a little New Yorkers this is Eric Adams I'm your mayor <laughs> I, I got a problem with the popo and the crackers <laughs> Uh, getting there, getting there needs a little bit of work. Uh, let's see here. This is, uh, fascinating. Eric Adams attended nearly 80 events celebrating Turkey. One country, 80 events celebrating Turkey. The New York mayor called the country now at the center of an FBI probe of his campaign a dynamic place to do business. Okay. Uh, lots of places are a dynamic place to do what? who, what the hell does he care? He's a borough president of Brooklyn at the time. Listen to this. This is in Politico. As Brooklyn borough president, Eric Adams attended nearly 80 events over eight years to celebrate Turkey, including a flag raising in 2015, a charity ball in 2018, and a Zoom meeting with the Turkish consul in 2020. All right. Now you could probably add up all the events he did for, um, I don't know, Greece. I don't know. How many events did he did. 80 seems beyond comprehension. Uh, you know, you have Greek Day once a year, so that would be eight. Maybe 16. 80? Something's going on! In 2019, as he was embarking on a run for New York City mayor, he joined Martha Stewart at a gala celebrating Turkish Airlines, a company now caught up in an ongoing FBI probe into Adams's campaign finances. At the event, Adams was photographed holding hands with two company officials over a sheet cake. After winning the mayor's race, he appointed one of those officials, Chank Okul to his transition team. And after assuming the mayoralty last year, Adams delivered virtual remarks at a real estate conference in Istanbul, which was is attended by two top city officials. Like New York City, Turkey has always been at the crossroads of many cultures. Wait, uh, and a dynamic place to do business. Uh, none of this has been reported before. These revelations uncovered through Politico's review of thousands of pages of public schedules from his time as borough president. And social media posts shed light on Adams's unusually strong relationship with Turkey, which has drawn scrutiny from federal investigators. The FBI is looking for evidence. The mayor's 2021 campaign colluded with the Turkish government and accepted illegal campaign contributions. Oh, boy, this is going to be over soon. Very, very soon. And that's good.
0: Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Uh, today, today, the funeral for Donald Trump's sister, uh, Donald Trump's sister, Marianne Trump Barry. She died, I think it was a, a Sunday or a Monday at the age of 86. And uh, she's a great woman, a former federal judge, pastor graduate, and um, let's see here, he's outside of St. Ignatius of Loyola Church, that's Park Avenue and uh, 84th Street. And I see him here, a picture of him, very, very somber-looking and uh, very much peaceful, though, peaceful. His eyes are closed. And the Post has a little write-up here. uh, Somber-looking Donald Trump led his family and dozens of other people in mourning his former judge sister, Marianne Trump-Berry at her Upper East Side funeral Friday, the ex-president with his wife Melania and his children Don Jr., Eric Ivanka, were seen waiting on the sidewalk in front of St. Ignatius Church um, to greet the black Cadillac hearse carrying the coffin of the Queen's native and former no-nonsense federal judge and assistant U.S. attorney who died November 13th at the age of 86. As the hearse pulled up to the church, the Trump family embraced until trump Barry's coffin emerged. And I'm looking at it right here. Ah, oh, boy. And, uh, well, death is part of life and a great big long life, 86 years of age. But as I look at Donald Trump, you know, he is, let's see, he was born in 1946. Uh, what is he, 77? That makes him 77, right? Yeah, 77. And that's nine years from 86. His brother died in his mid to late seventies, his brother, Robert Trump. Anyway, what does this, what does this mean? Well, we, I know we're all going to die, but you know, sometimes I know Donald Trump is going to die someday, but it's very hard for me to imagine America without Donald Trump. You know, you know how he hasn't changed. Like since he became, uh, since he came down that escalator, he hasn't aged a day. That's what it looks like to me. And it's just hard to imagine a world without Donald Trump. But one day that's going to happen. And, um, it's kind of a reminder for me. That's how I, that's how I'm processing this. I, I, I never met the, the judge. So, uh, but I do know Donald Trump well. And it's a reminder, you know, we're all going to go sometime and 86 is a fine long life. I hope everybody lives to be a hundred, a uh, hundred and twenty, uh, or more, but, um, yeah, somber event there. And, um, I remember when his wife died, his first wife, Ivana, Donald Trump looked very similar, you know, just. And uh, but he's on a mission, and I think he's uh, guided and protected by you know who. And if you're wondering, God, God indeed. Joe, hello. You're on Long Island, yes.
0: Oh, Greg, hello, Greg. It's uh, it's delightful to speak to you today. Uh, the fellow Adam that called, I knew that he probably had done time, but. I don't know if anybody else would have known just by the way he spoke, you know, the, the words he used, some of the words he used, but it, it's imperative that we know.
1: Now, what do you mean by perfect. that? How did well, you know that? Give me a specific example. I mean, that's uh Joe, that's a little much. I mean, I've been talking to him for months, never crossed my mind that he did anything like that. I had no idea. So how did you know?
0: When he says, sir, being uber respectful. So, uh, you deal with guys like that and you just say something out of line and they crack you because they feel they've been disrespected and they've been uh, very respectful. Just well, I, you know, this, uh, Joe, is. I'm
1: sorry, Joe. I mean, look, I was in the military. I, uh, it took me about 15 years to shake the habit of calling uh, people sir, right? And then I noticed when people – you know, I mean, it just it, you know, some people are different. Households are different. I don't know. I don't know how you can – He said, sir, and somehow you thought he was a a criminal. I mean, come on. Come on, Joe. You've had this tendency before. We've spoken about this. All right. So what's your point?
0: My point is people need to know if the person they're renting a house to or an apartment to or hiring them for a job. This is nonsense. This is more of the turn the world upside down and, and let the scum on the bottom guide us. We don't. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to have the best people, the brightest people, guide us, not the scum that wants to do this. To I mean, the, uh, Kathy Hochul is—is is she stupid, or or is she placating her base, or is she just a scumbag? You know, it's, it's got to be one of those three.
1: Uh, it could be all three. Actually, it could be all three, and I think it is all three, uh, especially the stupid part. Joe, thank you very much. Maria in Franklin Square, yes.
6: Greg, how
1: are you? Good, long time. How you been?
6: I'm good. First of all, I want to tell you I saw your girl on TV. God bless. What a beautiful child. You have a beautiful family. Thank you. But secondly, you know this thing about a Adams giving the key to the city to um, what's his name, uh, Puff Daddy. What? A, how different is that because he, he's not a good guy. I mean, he's been charged with rape and all that. How different is it from what they did that George Floyd gave him a funeral like a king and he's a criminal?
1: All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, Puff Daddy, I don't think he was ever charged with rape. I, I've i not heard that. Uh, the The woman is accusing him of rape. Hey, oh, by the way, Maria, not to bring up, uh, bad memories. I, you know, I know what that's like to be falsely accused of that. So, I, I, you know, I don't know what Puff Daddy, uh, I, I, the only thing that confuses me a little bit, you give the key to the city to somebody usually from out of town, right? I mean, Puff Daddy can walk into any club in the universe. Does he really need a key to the city? I mean, like, I just, uh, yeah. Anyway, Maria, I, 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 I didn't even know he got the key to the city. That's not what it used to be. Let's see here. New uh, York. All right, he got it in September. He got the key to the city. So what? I mean, that's like the – and I don't know what he did or didn't. I, I never heard that about the rape other than this woman with an allegation. And it's just that. It's just that. I will tell you this, Maria. I have a soft spot for Puff Daddy. I, I saw this movie, Take Him to the Greek, Bring Him to the Greek. It's a really funny movie, and he's in it, and he does a great job, Um, which I know uh, that doesn't mean anything. I don't know his music. I know that one song that came out in 1999. But all kinds of characters get the... Uh, you know, look, I bet right now I can find a picture of Trump and P. Diddy. All right, let me look at this. I bet I can. You know, I mean, and sure enough... <laughs> I'm looking at Trump and B. Diddy and Melania. You know, I mean, we can't. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect, Maria. You know, there are a lot of reasons to not like Eric Adams. But that he gave a key to the city to Puff Daddy is not one of them. Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. You yes. got that, right? I have, I have one more thing to Well, say. wait a second. I just spent about three minutes lecturing you and trying to educate you and trying to persuade you. Do you see okay, what I'm saying?
6: I love Puff Daddy. You,
1: I love it. You, stop it! You're, now you're giving me the brush. Now you're giving you Maria. You're giving me the brush. You're telling me what what I want to hear. Don't leap to conclusions about anybody, including Puff Daddy. All right? Please, we don't want to be like that. You don't want to be like that. Everybody's an individual. Everybody has their own story, and uh, I, you know, keep that in mind, please, please. Okay.
6: Okay, okay and they might get off the phone if
1: trump i don't mean to hold you up maria please to get the next part out
6: if trump doesn't win the election we can kiss the united states of america goodbye
1: all right well that i'm not going to dispute i uh, <laughs> you may be right about that i'm very worried myself all right maria thank you and uh lay off uh buff daddy and and, and jumping to conclusions And just because some crazy lady came forward and said something doesn't mean it's true. Uh, Oh, Barbara, Barbara, hello. Welcome back. How are you?
5: I'm fine. I was driving across Pennsylvania yesterday hearing you talking about the great Thanksgiving food you were eating. (laughs) And I just wanted to um, talk to you a little bit about Thanksgiving. Um, Most people don't know that the pilgrims – decided when they had this new community and the native americans the indians had helped them learn how to harvest corn etc few people know that the pilgrims decided their new community would be a collectivist model a socialist model where all labor would be communal and everyone would raise food for the community and the women would do chores and so forth for the whole, whole community not just for their family well Within two years, the result of that was starvation and shortages of everything. And the Pilgrim's governor, William Bradford, wrote about that in his history of the plantation. He said this type of community bred confusion and discontent and lack of labor and the survival, the very survival of the entire colony was at risk. And so they changed from a communal or socialist model to a model where every family was given a parcel of land of their own, according to how many people were in that family. But from that parcel of land, they could raise what they needed, but they could also sell the excess. And after that, Governor Bradford wrote, this had very good success for it made all hands very industrious. So much more corn was planted than otherwise would have been. Thus, the pilgrims now wish to work because they got to keep and then trade the benefits of their labor. They discovered freedom is a much greater stimulus than force.
1: Wow, that is amazing. Um, I was vaguely familiar that something bad happened after Thanksgiving. Like, didn't they get really mad at the Indians and they had a great big fight? Uh,
5: yes, I think they, yes. There, there were battles and fights, yes. I don't know that much about that. I just am really focused on the, um, the uh, mis-effects of misguided uh, socialism. Yeah. People who are very idealistic think that it should work. Well, yes, who said it works? Socialism works in heaven where everyone is angels, but it doesn't work on earth because we are not. We are men. Yep. And and the um, the pilgrims showed that, and it's written in Governor Bradford's history of the Plymouth Colony, and it's a good lesson for all of us.
1: You know, it makes a lot of sense. I remember when um, a couple of buddies, um, and we went, we went in on a car. We all shared a car, right? Four of us shared a car. Actually, no, six of us shared a car. And guess what we didn't do? We never got it washed. We never took care of it. Nobody got it the oil changed. Nobody, right? Because it was always somebody else was going to do that. Somebody else. I don't want to do. I'm just going to anyway. It's like a little mini version of communism and it doesn't work. You have your own car, you sure you take meticulous care of it, right? And uh but when you're sharing a, a, this sharing and community Nice sounding word, but often in practicality, the uh, communism. Anyway, fascinating stuff about, who was that guy again, Governor Bradford?
5: Governor Bradford, and he was a very intelligent man. He had authored the Mayflower Compact, and the pilgrims intended to have the perfect colony. They shared the same faith, and so they thought, because they all shared the same faith, and the same belief in the goodness of God and the importance of man being good, they thought that they could do what had never been done before, that they could rely upon this communal system to do the best for everyone. Well, we know that the system of to each according to his need, from each according to his ability. Oh yeah, no, no, no. We no, know no, that no, that no. has disastrous results.
1: Absolutely, it sounds it's again one of those things. I don't know. That sounds. Re-. It's not. It's not. Hey, how about that too? Isn't that kind of cool? P. Diddy and Donald Trump friends. Got a whole article here about he was friend. You can't make assumptions about people, and I, I'm certainly not going to listen to what the fake news tells me about people. You know, even people that, you know, I wouldn't necessarily be drawn to. I'm not a big Puff Daddy fan about the music or whatever, but uh I'm not going to let anybody draw conclusions for me, you know? And the media especially, they're the worst and the laziest and the the quickest to judge, right Barbara?
5: Yes, that is an amazing thing about you and I've said it from the beginning, from when I first started listening to you is that you echo our founders, and our founders, especially Thomas Jefferson, was very big about going back to the source of the information, whether it was the source document, whether it was the source conversation. He would go back to the source, and he advised us all to do that. And I hear you do that again and again and again where the news will report something, and you 'll go back and you 'll read the indictment or you 'll read the proposal or you 'll read the statement, and then you tell us the truth mm. not what the media has decided to push
1: well, thank you I, I, you know I learned the hard way i did i mean my goodness gracious you know they they, they, they lie, they cheat, they steal, and then uh, once you 're the subject of a media story, once that starts happening to you and you start reading stories about yourself or about matters that you have first-hand knowledge of you be like oh my god they got everything wrong i mean everything and if they get everything wrong about stuff you know about what about the stuff they don't you, you don't know about so yeah primary sources absolutely barbara thank you so much have a great thanksgiving we'll talk before then i'm actually going to be here small programming note on thanksgiving i'm looking forward to it be right back greg kelly
0: on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
4: This is New Jersey Got to Know Me as Mrs. Murphy, the First Lady. And serving in this role is the honor of my life. Mm. But more about that later. It starts back when my name was Tammy Snyder, daughter to Ed and Jean, rambunctious baby sister to four older siblings. Growing up, my parents taught me the importance of education, service to others, and hard work. So that's what I did. I studied I volunteered, and I worked. And you got After a job. After college, I went into business like my dad and started a career in finance. You know, did your dad times, work for Goldman I Sachs? I don't think so. A challenge that led me to work twice as hard, and my business career Oh, she had to work off. twice sure. as hard
1: because she's a woman. All, all right, enough of this. This is Tammy. What the hell is her name again? Tammy Murphy, the wife of the governor. The arrogance of these people. They're going to have a, a, one Murphy as governor, and then the wife is going to be a U.S. senator. Why? What why? Because she deserves it what what why? Because she married a rich guy, she's rich. it just alluded, it's so ill-conceived, so terrible. no meaningful accomplishment whatsoever. I don't care if you got a job. I don't care if you made a billion bucks, ten million dollar whatever you got there from Goldman Sachs. this you know you heard her. her qualifications are she's uh I don't know. she had three older sisters. It, it, nothing. Oh, uh my parents taught me the importance of education and hard work. Welcome to the world, all right? (laughs) Just, you, you, what did she do? She rented a bunch, literally, literally rented black babies to play with on the lawn and, like, is rolling around with black children, apologizing for her white privilege, saying, vote for me. I want to be a U.S. senator. Remember her husband. Never forget what he said about New Jersey, right? Full of white supremacists. Well, and it was a you had to vote for him so he could defeat the white supremacists of New Jersey, the Murphys. He's a radical idiot, by the way. A total radical fool with the trans stuff, and you can't tell the parents I am so mad at him and his silly wife.
4: Uh we gotta do this quick. Uh Max. It's great. Thank you for taking my call. Um, you know, it could be that the uh the anger that exists between Haley and Ramaswamy, or rather just Haley, could be because of that uh, Indian hierarchy, you know, where you have the Punjabis, the Gujaratis, the Sikhs, all these divisions in India, and it could be that this is uh, a prior vestige that's been uh, that she's not discussing that, that that could actually still exist, and she's holding that against Ramaswamy. She could find feel him or find him to be of a lower sect.
1: Yeah, you know, I don't know. You never know. They do have that caste system over there. Thanks, Max. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Bonnie.
6: Hi, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. And I couldn't agree with you more about the Murphys. You're 100% right. You. Um, I do have a remark about uh, the clean slate law. I do believe that if you have a criminal record or a prison record, you're not allowed to buy a gun. Now if they seal those records, that means every criminal who comes out of jail in New York, 2 million of them, can go out there and legally buy a gun. I wonder if she thought about that before she passed this law.
1: I don't think she thought about much other than her hairdo and uh you know, doing what the bosses tell her to do. Uh yeah, that's a very good point as well. Very good point, Bonnie. I got to look into that. Thank you for that. Um yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, while we have the time let's see here uh, Dennis
0: hi Greg uh, a belated Veterans Day thank you for your service and I would also like to bring up two quick points the Clean Slate it's, it's alright uh, no, uh, the Clean Slate is designed strictly to help uh, black people and let's not get away from it They're not for Asians or Indians or anything else it's to help the majority of people who will be black people And finally, Adams, he's talking about a 10 to 15% cut in services, especially to children. Why doesn't he and his staff take a 10 and 15% salary cut?
1: All right, Dennis, thanks. Listen, uh, number one, uh, honestly, I don't like the way you characterize it, all right? First of all, I'm for helping everybody, right? Black people, white people. I I, I, I don't like that characterization. I just uh, – it it, – uh, yeah, okay, sure, the criminal population in New York is disproportionate black, but I don't look at it that way. Uh, I just don't, and I, I have a little, I don't know, I'm a little uncomfortable with that. But Dennis, thank you very much. And thank you for the kind words about the Veterans Day and all that stuff. Liz, Tony, Rachel, uh, and the rest, I'm sorry, we're gonna have to talk another day because the show is now concluding. Uh, Programming note, I will be here Thanksgiving. I'll still have time for dinner. And the day after Thanksgiving, I'm actually looking forward to it. It's going to be special.
5: Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. ugh the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today.